Hi there. Welcome to your podcast for College Catholics, where we discuss faith and spirituality from a Catholic perspective. I am your host, Father Patrick Wainwright. Thank you for joining me today. First of all, I wanted to let you know that I have been doing this podcast for now an entire year, and in that time there have been more than 10,500 downloads. So I want to thank you for listening and for sharing these episodes with your friends. I also want to thank everyone who has made it possible, especially my religious superiors, my religious community, the guests who have given of their time and talent to present the faith, and also to all those who have donated the gear that I use for recording. So a big thank you for all of you, and please continue to listen. Now in this episode, I will be speaking about the most preeminent member within the communion of the saints, which is the Virgin Mary. She is the mother of Jesus, and therefore the mother of God, and also the spiritual mother of all the members of the body of Christ, that is the church. So she is our mother in the order of grace, because she cooperated in a unique way in the redemption wrought by her son Jesus Christ. As our mother, she constantly cares for us, she is concerned about our well-being, and she comes to our help in every difficulty. Because she is in the presence of God, and she is the mother of Jesus Christ, she is most powerful in her prayer and intercession on our behalf. This is why she is called Mediatrix of all graces, and she can obtain whatever we need for our salvation. In every human family, there's, there has to be a mother. Every human being is brought to life by a mother, and God, who knows our human nature so well, also wanted this family of the church, the body of Christ, to have a mother as well. In our previous episode, I spoke about the church as a communion of saints. We said how in such a spiritual family, you should remember that you're never alone. The saints, our older brothers and sisters, are praying for us and accompanying us. Now this is especially true as far as the Virgin Mary is concerned. After Jesus Christ himself, who is the head of the mystical body of the church, she is the most preeminent member. Apart from being the mother of Jesus, and therefore the mother of God, she is also the holiest member of the Catholic Church. She is the holiest, first of all, because she was preserved from original sin from the first moment of her conception. This was a special and unique privilege given to her by God himself. She is also the holiest member of the Catholic Church because she was always faithful to all the graces given her by God. In such a way that although she was already full of grace at the very beginning of her existence, at her conception, she continued to grow in grace until the moment she was received in heaven by her Son, Jesus Christ. Now, of course, the Virgin Mary is a human being. She is a woman, born from Saints Joachim and Anne. But she is the most perfect woman. During her childhood, she dedicated her heart to God and preserved her purity intact. God gave her the miraculous gift to preserve always her purity and her virginity even when she became the mother of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, something that 
would otherwise be impossible for any human being. Now, when the appointed time came, God sent the archangel Gabriel to announce to her that she would become the mother of the Messiah. As we read in the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 1, verse 31. Behold, the angel said, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. Up to there, St. Luke. So in this way, the Virgin Mary became the mother of Jesus Christ, who is God and man, and therefore she is properly called the mother of God, as it was defined in the Council of Ephesus. She did not give Jesus his divine nature, of course. The Son, the second person of the Holy Trinity, existed from all eternity, but he united himself with a human nature taken from the womb of the Virgin Mary, and he was carried for nine months in Mary's bosom. So her divine maternity, and specifically the fact that she's the mother of the Redeemer, makes her a very unique and sublime cooperator in the redemption of mankind. As St. Paul says in the letter to the Galatians, chapter 5, verse 4. When the fullness of time had come, God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to ransom those under the law so that we might receive adoption. At to there, St. Paul. Now, and just as a note about this text of St. Paul, this is one of the first, or if not the first, reference to the Virgin Mary, or more than first, the most ancient reference to the Virgin Mary that was put into writing in the, in the New Testament. So there's more to explain about that, but I'll leave it up to there. So the Virgin Mary gave to the Son of God his humanity, thanks to which he was able to die on the cross. Moreover, when she said yes to the archangel Gabriel, she gave her consent to all the sufferings Christ would undergo and to all the pain she herself would have to suffer because she was a mother of the Messiah. And she suffered all that for our salvation. So, she is united to the work of our redemption in a most unique way, such as no one else has ever been before her or will be after her. Now, after her ascension into heaven, she continues to bring us the gifts of eternal salvation, as the Vatican Council says, the Second Vatican Council, in the Constitution Lumen Gentium, number 62. We read, She continues to bring us the gifts of eternal salvation. Therefore, the Blessed Virgin is invoked in the Church under the titles of Advocate, Helper, Benefactress, and Mediatrix of all graces. Moreover, she offered the death of Christ on the cross as an offering to God the Father, an offering of love which she offered in the, in the altar of her heart. It was through that incredible and most pure love that she united herself as nobody else to the sacrifice of Christ for the redemption of man. 
So at the moment in which Christ was offering to God the sacrifice of his life on the cross, the Virgin Mary was standing at the foot of the cross offering that same sacrifice as a mother to God the Father. Now there's more even in that same mystery of the Virgin Mary standing at the foot of the cross. As St. John relates in, the, in his Gospel, chapter 19, verse 26, we read, When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple there whom he loved, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his home. Up to there, St. John. So many saints throughout history have interpreted that St. John here represents all the disciples of Christ. All of us are represented in St. John, and you too are represented in St. John. Therefore, these words of Christ mean that Jesus wanted his mother to be the spiritual mother of all his disciples, that is, of all the members of the church, you included. Jesus wants all his disciples to take the Virgin Mary as our mother, to love her as our mother, and have recourse to her, as we would have recourse to our earthly mother, especially when we're children. So as a conclusion of all this, we can say, first, that we must know that the Virgin Mary is not God, and therefore we should not, quote-unquote, adore her or recognize her as God. This is, for me, pretty obvious, but it's worthwhile repeating. We should also know that the only ultimate source of all graces is God and God alone, the Most Holy Trinity. However, because she's the mother of Jesus Christ, she is in a spiritual sense the mother of the church, and therefore our mother. And as our mother, she can intercede for us before God. And this is how she becomes the mediatrix of all graces. That is, all the graces come from the source that is God through the hands of the Virgin Mary to each one of us. Now, there's more to the devotion to the Virgin Mary. Jesus Christ loves her as a mother, and he wants us to venerate her. He wants us to honor her, to pray to her, and to ask her for spiritual gifts, and to ask her for her intercession. This is why, as our mother in heaven, she also prays for us most effectively before God and obtains all the graces we need for our salvation and sanctification. So this now is the most important practical point that I wanted to convey to you today, that we should love the Virgin Mary as our mother because of all that she suffered for us and for all that she is constantly continuing to do for us. We should entrust ourselves, our life, our future, our concerns to her and place them in her arms. She will always protect us and carry us in her arms. In that sense, the words of Our Lady of Guadalupe to San Juan Diego can also apply to you. And this is what happened. 
on December 1531, the Virgin Mary appeared to a native man called Juan Diego in what today is Mexico City. She asked him to tell the bishop to build a chapel so that she could show her closeness, show her love, her care for all the people who lived in that land, but also to anyone who wanted to turn to her. The Virgin Mary appeared to him several times. Now, in one of those apparitions, Juan Diego, who lived in that area, had an uncle who was about to die, and he was sent to look for a priest, and he was kind of in a hurry. He didn't want to be delayed because his uncle was about to die. And in order to not be met by this lady who had appeared to him, the Virgin Mary, he tried going a roundabout route. But the Virgin Mary, of course, appeared to him anyway in that place and said to him, and this is important to apply to each one of us, Hear me and understand well, my son, that nothing should frighten you or grieve you. Let not your heart be disturbed. Do not fear that sickness, nor any other sickness or anguish. Am I not here, I who am your mother? Are you not under my protection? Am I not your health? Are you not happily within my fold? What else do you wish? Do not grieve nor be disturbed by anything. Up to there, the, the words of the Virgin Mary. So when he arrived to where his uncle was, he, he found him healthy and well, no longer in danger of dying. So the Virgin Mary had cured him. So these words of the Virgin Mary refer to each one of us and to you as well. You are definitely under our mother's care, but you should try to show your love and devotion to her as well. So pray frequently to her, especially through her favorite prayer, which is the Holy Rosary. In some other episode, we will be able to delve a little bit more into the power of the Holy Rosary. So I hope you will do your best to open your heart to the Virgin Mary and grow in devotion to her, and especially to ask our Lord Jesus Christ to give you a love similar to the one he has for his most pure mother. May the Virgin Mary, the mother of the church, always show you her love and protection. So that is all for today. If you have any questions about this or any other episode, don't hesitate to reach out to me at info at fourcollegecatholics.org. Also, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and in Spotify so that others may be encouraged to listen as well. May God bless you, and we will see you next time.